Welcome to Fusion Fantasy Football. All right, welcome everybody. It's Fusion Fantasy Football. I'm your host, Joshua, and I told you as soon as the draft was over, it's fight season, Uh, especially on Twitter. Everyone's getting into fights over stupid things. The hot takes are flying everywhere. The ridiculousness, inconsistencies, it's, it's, it's a wild west out here, but it's also time to challenge people to show their face and to come and actually, you know, stand up for their take and argue it. And a lot of people don't accept that challenge, but uh, here at Fusion Fantasy Football, you know, I've been talking about Kyle Pitts and how... I didn't think he was worth as early as he's been going. And I've been looking. I've been putting the challenge out there looking for someone to debate me on this for almost two months, I swear. Uh, I found one. I found one lone brave soul to come and challenge me. So tonight I am joined by David J. Gatiri at Guru Fantasy World, no R, no O on the world there. But David, thanks for joining me. I appreciate it, man. I'm I'm glad to know that a, a little bit, to be honest, that it took you two months to find a a challenger to accept your challenge, and that I was the one. I am here. I am ready to talk about Kyle Pitts, the Dynasty Rookie 101 in all formats, the Dynasty Tight End one. And I'm ready to dodge every jab you throw at me and hit you with the haymakers. And I'll pretty much give you that knockout blow. So uh, prepare yourself, my friend. <laughs> Man, I love it. He's coming in hot. Finally, finally. Now, I, now I'll, I'll let you believe that I've been trying really, really hard to find somebody and you're the first one. I'll let you believe that. Um, most people just didn't see my challenge posts. Uh, it's because people actually have to see your posts to see it. So you made a giant mega as you described it mega thread about this and you were making the case for him the 101 in all formats which i think is a little excessive you may even believe that's excessive but you do think you do at least think that he is going to hit year one as a rookie and i have been saying since late march that that is a very 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 difficult prediction to make because uh well a lot of reasons we'll get into david it's fake football time it's fake football fight time i have described the rules to him but for you the listener if you're not familiar fake football fights we are here to disagree that's it there is no you know hold handing hand holding there's no kumbayas we are not going to uh congratulate each other we're not going to concede there's none of that there's none of that um at the same time we always take stances and argue on a point that will be objectively we will objectively be able to know if there was a winner in a year from now sure but we will know we will know always and uh david so you know i am undefeated so I don't know how many fights you've been in, but I tell you, my friend, that's about to come to an end. All right, uh, I think we're at like six or so. Um, 
Yeah. The first I think one, a lot of a lot of people win their first six fights. It's once oh. you get to like the seventh and eighth. Yeah, you haven't even had it. one, David. Uh, don't start talking yet. I've been sparring in these Twitter streets for the past year and three year. months now. There may may not have been a podcast fight, but I've I've been in my fair share of scraps so far. That's true. There's lots of scraps going on on Twitter. Oh, I've yeah. been well. It's a lot more than six of those too. Um, I'll tell you one thing. My first, our first one we had of these was uh, arguing about Alex Collins or Javoris Allen. That one was a draw. However, I did. Yeah, you both lost that fight. I did. I did technically win. I won on a technicality because my argument. Who? I was arguing that Allen would score two thirds the point of Alex while being far, far cheaper, and he did. I'm a Ravens fan, so that's a little bit close close to my heart just hearing that name. Javoris Buck Allen. Oh, man. I never was a Buck Allen fan, so it surprised me when he was productive. He caught the ball. That was it. That was, yeah, that was it. That was, that was it. All right. We're going to we're gonna play the drop, and we are going to get going. Uh, fake football fight. If if there's yelling, just know no uh, podcast hosts were hurt in the production of this. If you hear crashing sounds, don't worry too much um everyone will be okay at the end of the day or i promise you we'll, we'll probably probably still be friends after this so all right let's do it Fake football fight. okay david i think you had a lot of great points you had a really good thread. A lot of, yeah, I, I know. I know what I'm doing. I know. Don't worry. Uh, I know what I said. We're not allowed to do that. But I'm just buttering up, guys. Don't tell them. So you had a really great thread. Like a lot of really good points. But it was, uh, quite honestly, it was a lot of cherry picking, to be completely honest. You had a bunch of things in there that you you were completely ignoring the cases that would possibly disprove you and only highlighting the ones that do. You even in some cases say he led the team, but never defined how he led it. I even asked you on a comment on it, and you never even answered me, asking how in the world can you say he led the team as a sophomore in any respect? He didn't. Unless you had some weird thing that you were talking about, or unless you were game adjusting, but if you game adjust for him, you have to game adjust for the others, and you weren't. So, a lot of cherry picking. It looked really good. It was really long, a lot of words. I'm sure people weren't able to follow the logic and actually find those details because when it gets that long, they kind of, you kind of start, you know, you start dropping off and you don't really pay attention towards the end. You just kind of skip to the end, TLDR, and be like, okay, yeah, that's good. But, That's fair, and I'm gonna I'm gonna cut in real quick because I also I also had another mistake in that thread that apparently you didn't catch that either. When I listed George Kittle's and Travis Kelsey's breakout age, I accidentally listed them the same because it was copying and pasting Kittle's or Kelsey's into Kittle's and then rewriting it, and it was just a mistake there. So there's a mistake there, and Kyle Pitts did not lead his team in receiving yards or touching. He led them in receptions as a sophomore. But even so, if you want to take that point, it was about one point out of a dozen in the thread is him being a sophomore breakout. If we want to say he simply tied for leading his team with Van Jefferson, which essentially had an identical line to Van Jefferson as a sophomore, I'll give you that. I'll even give you that. I think the whole rest of the points still stand 
regardless of whether you want to say he led his team as a sophomore or as a junior. And we can cover all those other points as well. And I sure I'm sure we will. Yeah. So I mean, I came out here attacking you, but just so we're clear, I my position is that Kyle Pitts, no tight end, is worth a pick in let's say the first half of a rookie a dynasty rookie fantasy league draft typically not worth it in the top six now there's going to be years where i would and this is one of those years where i'm only saying six because the talent level of this class is so low and so that's helping him i think because because there's not a lot of other players that are clearly better and certainly in one quarterback leagues once all those you know the quarterbacks drop out definitely not but in a super flex the top six picks are pretty locked in for me with uh at least five other players that are more talented and i would not take him for probably six seven eight i think in my own rankings i have him around seven and yeah in tight end uh, premium i do think that might maybe that jumped up to five or six but as a whole, it's not worth taking him over a player like Chase or Najee Harris or any of the top three uh, Lawrence, Fields, Lance quarterbacks. So right there, we've got five players for sure that I think are going to return more actual points, more higher probability of returning real fantasy points and retaining and increasing their value in the next year whereas a tight end first of all we don't know and you went over this you tried you talked about profile you know what does a profile look like for a tight end that succeeds but here's the problem is everyone wants to focus on what's the profile of a tight end that succeeds but they don't put a time limit they don't put a requirement for when he needs to succeed by and in order for a player to be worth that high of a draft capital he needs to produce and increase value within that first season because i can guarantee you naji harris in the meantime will be putting up points and so the opportunity cost of sitting on pits for a year or two waiting for him to actually become a tight end one that we think he's going to be yes you can be right that that's what he's going to be but in the meantime he hasn't paid off in the short term. And you could have drafted Chase and traded him for Pitts in a year or two. And I know, I understand the idea, the, the fallacy about, well, you just trade for the guy cheap next year. No, I understand. I'm not expecting trade for Kyle Pitts cheap in a year or two. I'm expecting to trade for Kyle Pitts for maybe 10% more in a year or two. But in the meantime, I've gotten way more than that 10% out of someone else I drafted instead. All right. Um, there's a few different points there I want to talk about that I would disagree with. Number one, you said these players were far more talented than Calvin. I just outright uh, disagree with that completely. If if we were ranking Kyle Pitts as a wide receiver, he would be my wide receiver one in this class, better than Jamar Chase. And I'm, I'm especially including a, a positional adjustment there. Understand. If we're talking talent, he's the most talented player in this entire class out, out of any position, the quarterbacks included. That's that's my stance in the matter as far as talent goes. He is a Hall of Fame level 
player prospect. He is the greatest tight end prospect in the history of tight end prospects. And this is referencing about a dozen different data points, which I do in my third. If you want to check that out, I have it pinned. And the data points we're talking about here are basically every correlative data point that you will find listed on websites like playerprofiler.com, height, speed, catch radius, breakout age, dominator rating, uh, college yards per reception, touchdown rate. It, he was the first tight end to be nominated top 10 in the Heisman in 43 years. He's got the longest wingspan on a tight end measured in the past 20 years. I mean, this guy, if, if we're just talking talent, is absolutely loaded with it. And this goes back to uh, your, your next kind of counter is about if you're just comparing points, total points scored, will Jamar Chase outscore Kyle Pitts in year one? That's very possible, very quite possible. But it, it doesn't mean nearly as much at the wide receiver position. You talk about what players who scored over 150 points last year. There was 50 wide receivers scored over 150 points. You had seven tight ends, okay? And you, you seem to really believe he's not going to hit in year one or even year two, you, you seem to say. And I would question what, why. I want to know more. Why exactly do you believe he's not going to hit in year one or even year two? Uh, like I said, I'm clearly playing the statistical chance game here, and uh, there's been plenty of prospects that have um, many of the things that Kyle Pitts has. The thing that Kyle Pitts has, to his credit, is he has most of those things in one package. Um, I disagree that he is a better, the, the by far best prospect ever to come out. Um it it's close he's in obviously the conversation but when we're talking about proven production um which as an aside when i looked into this as far as year one tight end production specifically um it's kind of odd because i know when we talk about tight ends in the nfl and breakouts and and big time potential we like to focus on the physical attributes and it's been proven out. There's certain thresholds that the top tight ends seem to have. And we like looking for those athletic beasts. That's why we're all excited about like Noah Fant this year. Because he's had his two years in the league. And he has the athleticism to do it. To take it up to the next level. We saw that. And, and look, I anyone who's been following me for years. Tight ends, by the way, are an area I have a very good track record. Okay, I was the guy out there saying... George Kittle. All right, go get him. I was there. I was the guy saying, it's forget Hurst, it's Mark Andrews. Okay. I was the guy saying, why are you guys buying Hurst in Atlanta? I was the guy saying, why are you buying Higby after just a good five games? All right. Um, I, I, I kind of failed on John New last year. He was one of my, my guys, but Hawkinson was my secondary one. But just saying, I have a, I have a track record. I do. I have talked about tight ends. I called Logan this. Thomas. It, it, a track record is a track record. It don't mean nothing to me. 
Logan oh, Thomas is done, the Kyle by the way. Pitts, it was a about shadow. About the Kyle Pitts conversation. It yeah. don't matter. We can each point to things we've gotten right. You know, I think I, I, just I don't think to we should stray out. from the conversation at point here. All right, let's just I'm make just that trying clear. to point out that I understand how this You're works. You've got 100% hit rate. Let's just make sure the audience knows. I don't. I just admit it. I missed on. I had 100% hit rate as of week one last year. And then after that, Johnny Smith didn't do great. So. <laughs> But my point is the athleticism. But uh, what I discovered is that athleticism doesn't count for much year one as a rookie. It really is what just opens up the ceiling for them in the NFL. But it does not give much, much prediction at all for year one production in the NFL. Because they need to actually have been able to produce in college. And when it comes to producing in college, we have to do a whole lot of adjusting for Kyle Pitts to get him up to the elite numbers. You have to, you have to, to get his yards per team pass attempt up to the levels of Engram, Hunter Henry, Gronkowski, Aaron Hernandez, right? To get those up to those year one producers. You have to game adjust. You have to only use the stats from the games he played and so on. Okay. Meanwhile, all these other guys are have great looking numbers without doing that. And so that's a little bit I was talking about the pick and choosing. And I don't know if you were doing that in that one case you said. I'm not exactly sure what you're talking about there because if we're talking about college production, there's three metrics which I know are um, predictive. That's breakout age, dominator rating, and yards per reception for tight end. Yards per team pass attempt is the single most predictive stat. Single most. Obviously single. Okay, so you let me get this clear. You have an issue that Kyle Pitts has a 32.3% dominate rating, according to playerprofiler.com. They game games, adjust. And missed games. Travis Kelsey missed games. George Kittle missed, I believe, seven or nine combined games as a junior and a senior. They had worse, worse dominator ratings, worse yards per reception, and they missed games as well. I mean, I, I'm not sure what the argument is. Is No, here. you just made it. You just made my point for me. You named a bunch of good players, right? That had year one production. Well, no, sorry. You did not have year one production. I mean, Kelsey, it depends on what we're going to call. Some people have debated me on that, whether or not we want to care, call his technically second year, but not rookie year, a year one production. Um, that, I got, no, that I'm acts, sorry. I got to wipe I gotta wipe the my jaws on the floor right now a little bit. I mean, I got to pick it up. Give me a second to recover. Keep, all right, because, go ahead. Keep going. Jaws picked up. Because <laughs> Kelsey and these other guys who end up producing, you're right. They don't have all those stats that we would think to see. Um, my point is we don't know what a year one producer looks like. The best profile I can put together for a year one producer is, uh, that they have a very high yards per team pass attempt, that they are the, um, the leader by far, definitely leader, not just tied with Van Jefferson, the guy who had to transfer around just to get playtime. Um, and we're talking about Kyle Pitts as a true sophomore. 
Yes, and what did Gronkowski do? What did Gronkowski do as a true sophomore? What did Aaron Hernandez do? What did Evan Engram do? They were leading their team. Evan Engram did not lead his team as a sophomore. That's just factually incorrect. He He did did. not. You look it up. He He did. did. He did not (laughs) as a Uh, sophomore. I have looked it up. He he did. His junior year, Laquan Treadwell broke out. And did beat him. He had a very bad junior year, and then he came back again and led as a sophomore. Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram. I have done the at, entire at thing. At Ole have, Miss. At Ole Miss. I have game adjusted. I have not game adjusted. I have looked at it. These players, the only thread that I can see is they led their team. Evan Ingram as a sophomore at Ole Miss. Laquan Treadwell had 48 receptions, 632 yards, five touchdowns. Cody Core. 41 558 six touchdowns. Vince Sanders 39 696 six touchdowns. Evan Ingram 38 662 two touchdowns. He did not lead his team as a sophomore. As a matter of fact, he was about fourth on his team as a sophomore. Okay. I have to look to see what I was looking at then because uh possibly was yards per team pass attempt when and th- again this is why i hate game adjusting because i probably would this is why you it. don't rely on one statistic to make i know i'm not i'm i'm trying to point to one thread here for you um i wish i could find that i've been looking for that spreadsheet for like three days here <laughs> on my drive uh, i think i think the the point that i, I really want to counter is I know why you're saying that he won't succeed as a rookie. You haven't come out and explicitly said it and listed the busts, the rookies like uh, Evan Ingram, uh, excuse me, OJ Howard, David Joku, uh, Eric Ebron, who people feel like they've been burned by before, and that's why you shouldn't expect it. And I just don't think he's anything like these players and – you say we don't know what a, a elite tight end looks like in year one. I'll tell you what, we know what good rookie wide receivers look like. And Kyle Pitts is only a tight end in designation. He is a wide receiver. He saw 35% of his targets at Florida in his junior season were lined up in the slot or out wide. About over a third of his targets, he wasn't even lined up as a tight end. And you look at these rookie wide receivers – coming into the NFL, what are they doing year one? Look at the past three draft classes, just the hits. I won't even list Justin Jefferson who put up 1,400 yards as a rookie because I don't think that's realistic to, to put those expectations on Pitts as a rookie. But look at the other hits in the last three draft classes. DJ Moore, 55 for 788, two touchdowns. Calvin Ridley, 64 receptions, 821 yards, 10 touchdowns. Cortland Sutton, 42, 704 yards, four touchdowns. A.J. Brown, 52 for 1,051, eight touchdowns. D.K. Metcalf, 58 for 907 touchdowns. This past us, Ayuk in 12 games, 50 receptions, 748 yards, five touchdowns. CeeDee, 74 for 935, five touchdowns. T. Higgins, 67 receptions, 908 yards, six touchdowns. Chase Claypool. What are we talking about? Watch very Chase Claypool, who Kyle Pitts could be used almost exactly as Chase Claypool has been used as a big slot, as a guy who can play outside at 62 for 873 yards and nine touchdowns. Kyle Pitts is is a wide receiver in every okay. way of. Are you the, changing the their argument? You're, you're saying he's going to be a wide receiver. 
he is going to produce. That's the entire argument for Kyle Pitts is taking him so high because you are getting wide receiver production in tight end designation. That's the entire pitch for him encapsulated. And if you look at these past three classes of rookie wide receivers, all these hits above 700 yards. Cortland Sutton was the only one to not hit 50 receptions. He is walking into an Atlanta offense year one that gave Russell Gage and Hayden Hurst 197 combined targets as the de facto combined number three behind uh, really and Julio. Julio missed seven games. Still, 197 targets is a ridiculously high number. Matt Ryan has thrown for 4,400-plus yards and 26-plus touchdowns in eight out of the past 10 seasons. He has 600-plus attempts in each of the last three seasons. Kyle Pitts is very likely going to see 9,200 targets even as a rookie. He is a wide, he's their wide receiver three. When Russell Gage is on the field as a wide receiver, he'll be at tight end. When Hayden Hurst is on the field as a tight end, he'll be in the slot as the wide receiver three. You can guarantee he is not coming off the field at any point. He is going to deliver value in year one. And you want to talk about year two? These tight ends you mentioned, the elite tight ends, Maybe they didn't produce in year one. We'll talk about they almost all produced elite by year two. They made that jump by year two. Talk about George Kittle. 43 for 515, two touchdowns year one. Not spectacular, right? Again, he was a fifth round pick who was had injuries his junior and senior year at Iowa. He had to earn a, a starting spot as he went. They were not scheming for him from day one. That's why he only put 43-15. It would have been more if he was the fourth overall pick in the draft. Year two, 88-13-77-5 touchdowns. He made that leap immediately in year two. Travis Kelsey hurt his entire first year, but his first year playing, which is year two, 67-8-62-5. Second year, 72-8-75-5. He, he became elite by year two. Not quite what elite, is it, but pretty what much What is it there. about those profiles – Gronk, 10 touchdowns as a rookie. I'm not done yet. Let me finish. Gronk, no. 40, 42 for 546 yards and 10 touchdowns as a rookie. Year two, Look, 90 for 13, 27, 17 touchdowns. These guys all did it by year two. Jimmy Graham, only 31, 356, five touchdowns. It took a couple of years. 99. Sec year two, 99 yeah, receptions. 13. 1,310. Nobody is selling Kyle Pitts after one year. Why does he need to hit in one year if you know he's going to hit in two? Tell me that. Why does he need to hit for you in one year if because you know I he's going to hit Because I can trade that same pick or that player for Darren Waller and get it for two seasons in a row. Get what for two seasons in a row? Those points in the tight end position. Why would you want him for two seasons when you could potentially have Kyle Pitts for five to 10? Well, you're talking about two seasons first. Okay, I say two seasons because you were just talking about two seasons. Uh, why I think why, does, ha- why well, does he well, have Waller, to hit No, I'll let one. you talk. Waller has more than that left in, the, in, in his tank. Uh, second of all, who in the world is talking about keeping a player on their dynasty team outside of three windows? And that's three years. That's something I talk about here. I don't care. Two, three windows out, two, three years out. I'm, I'm not looking at windows like that. Like, if, if you are in a dynasty Kyle Pitts league where is no one trades, old. then he that's fine. You can't even have an alcoholic that. beverage. That's fine. You can do that. 
if you like just keeping a player on and you drafting your team and never ever trading them or I'm trying not talking to about five years down the road anything that's fine but i'm not blocking about three two three years from now it yeah, when, i'm talking about next year all right well next that's year. what you were he just talking about so let's get back to one year those players that you were talking about that produced year one what is it about those profiles no i'm talking about year one which which ones produced year one because it wasn't george kittle it was travis kelsey gronk gronk and if we if we want to say darren well, waller gronk produced year, year one. starting for yep so okay. kelsey and gronk yeah uh and then the kelsey and one evan as we ingram. said was and evan ingram and evan, evan ingram, ingram hunter henry used like a wide receiver yes he was and hunter henry um, these were all, and Aaron Hernandez along with Gronk, these were all year one a tight end hits. And you got to go back all the way back to like Jeremy Shockey to get another one further back. Okay. My, what I'm saying is I can trade for players to get those points now and later, like Darren Waller. I can't. I don't need to. But I know you can't saying, turn around in two years and then trade Darren Waller. Listen but you're doing a lot of projecting. Now, it's a boat. Even, Do you want the box or the boat? Waller is the boat. Just take the boat. Don't have to hope. The boat is sinking. Waller the boat is, is going to be 30 years old. The value is only going no, down. You can turn around and trade Calpits. In two years from now, What you the value discrepancy between those two, it's not even going to be comparable. No, it's not it's even not. going to be close. It's not going to be close. Well, if if and that's what I'm saying. If that's what you want to play, he's higher in my builder ranks. If you want to just build and not trade or whatever, that's fine. Uh, or just wait to trade, like you're saying. I am still saying the probability is low. They are stacked against him. You can point to all the nice things about him. So let's actually narrow it down to some of these things. I was trying to narrow it down to some specific things that I liked or didn't like, all right? So I named one thing. By the way, yes, it was Evan Ingram led the team in yards per team pass event adjusted by game, which is why I don't like doing that, and which is why I don't like doing it for Pitts either, and that's the only way you can get his yards per team pass attempt to be better than Kadarius Tony's, is to adjust by game. But what I'm saying there is the probabilities are not nearly as high at tight end Compared to the other positions you'd have to be passing on. The chances of Najee Harris still returning points and increasing in value to trade away for more firsts and so on is much higher than any tight end. Same goes in Superflex for the, the quarterbacks. And I believe, according to the profiles, uh, same for Jamar Chase. You just listed, you're making up my argument, listing off all these wide receivers. We know what Jamar Chase did two years ago with Justin Jefferson on the same team, okay? And, and now he's right there, back there with the with even the same quarterback. So he, imagine what, and I'm not saying he's going to be Justin Jefferson. That would be, I mean, we never thought Justin Jefferson would be Justin Jefferson. But uh, C.D. Lamb, these kind of players, I think he's going to clearly be up there in that kind of value. I understand the positional points value of having a player scoring a lot of points in your tight end slot. And if you're in a tight end premium, that becomes all the more greater. Of course, of course. I am willing to make 
nuances. I've already talked about that and how I adjust my rankings for those kind of things. But if we're just talking about a regular, single, tight end, non-premium, I'm not taking him over some of those other players because the chance of him uh, failing to return that is much, much higher. That's fair. I think we're having two uh, somewhat separate conversations at the same time in two different debates. And I think the first one that we're having is about his his trade value post year one, right? And you are suggesting that the wide receivers and the running backs post year one are going to have more trade value and have a higher likelihood of carrying trade value at the end of their rookie years, right? Uh, yes, it's not going to go possibly go down by nearly as much. That's um, yeah. going to retain a lot more value, even even if Chase has a half decent season, it's going to carry over in value. If Pitts has a season of the same kind of production percentile as Chase does and ends up uh, tight end 18 or something, uh, you're not going to be able to sell him for the 101 or one even 103 in next year's rookie draft. And I'm just talking about so, next year's. I'm not talking yeah. about after the second season starts. Okay. So we're talking about essentially Kyle Pitts's trade value number one. And we're in agreement, right? If you want to trade Kyle Pitts, we're yeah. in agreement. If you want to trade Kyle Pitts, if that's the goal of, of Kyle Pitts is to trade him, you can do that today, right? And get a massive massive haul we're in agreement right that if you want to trade him you trade him today and get a massive haul right that's the play absolutely that's the play if you are looking to trade him you trade him today you can trade him right now and get that massive haul you're looking for so when we're talking about actually drafting this player that trade value argument goes entirely out the window because you're no longer drafting him to get trade value to trade him. You could trade him right now if that's the goal. You are drafting him to keep him on your team, to get at least about 10 points per game as a rookie is the goal to be replacement level. And then every year after his rookie season to be above that replacement level. You look at the tight end landscape right now, Kelsey last year, 20.9 points per game. Darren Waller was at 17.4, George Kittle 15.6. After that, it was about a, a 10-point drop from Kelsey down to Mark Andrews, 12.2. Tanyan, Logan Thomas, Hawkinson at 11 points per game. Gasecki, Goddard, 10.6. Henry, Fant, Jonu at 10. And then like 15 other tight ends who average between 10 and 8.5 and points per game. So essentially, once you get up above 11 points per game, it's above replacement. So when you're drafting Kyle Pitts, you are looking to reap the rewards of that those points above replacement for every year after his rookie season and potentially even get somewhat above replacement level in year one. So you don't have to worry about trading him because you've already committed. You've committed to getting your tight end starter for essentially the entirety of your dynasty league's existence. Either way, you're still waiting around on a player that you're hoping gets you average points for a season. In the meantime, you could have on your roster getting points someone averaging 
nearly twice as much. Nearly twice, but that sounds a little bit of an exaggeration to me. 11 points per game, nearly twice twice as much would be 20 points per game. I'm not sure you're getting that out of any player you, in this You talk class. about people literally trading him for Kelsey, and Kelsey was not above 20? Oh, no. If you, I'm, I'm not talking about tight ends. I was strictly talking about the other rookies in the class. Okay, well, Najee Harris. What do you think he's not going to be? 20 points 16, per game 17? as a rookie? He is going to get all the receiving work as a running back, and he's going to be the workhorse. I'm not even a huge fan of the guy. I'm just realistic. He's going to be step in workhorse, 17 points per game. And I'm, I'm saying, how much do you want to wait year one? You really care about Najee Harris in one year that you're willing to sacrifice uh, returns down the road, stability at the hardest position to access at. Running back, there, there's going to be more running backs. There's the turnover is much higher. At tight end, it, it stays the same. Travis Kelsey has been the tight end one for five straight years. If Kyle Pitts, he's a is, unicorn. If, don't don't if be he lives Kyle, up to the hype. Don't be if using he Kelsey. is is good. If he does become that great, which you're paying for, it's going to last for a long time. It's not going to just evaporate. If Kyle Pitts is what we believe he is and what you're paying for him to be, it's going to last for a quite some time. Look, I like Jonathan Taylor. I thought he was the 101, but and he had a great rookie season. But I'm not out here saying he's going to be better than like CMC ever was, or I mean, whatever other running backs stayed up at the top for years. He's not going to be the next Jamal. I'm not. I'm not trying to say that. Do you do you understand how how comparatively ridiculous that is? Um, you know, I, I don't think it's that ridiculous. People have JT as the the RB three in Dynasty. He's not the same receiver, so I don't think it's the same comparison at all because he's not uh, doesn't profile. Let's use as wide that, receiver that then. Even of... even and the reason I'm actually sticking with running back is because you said there's there's less turnover. There's less personnel turnover and tight end, but there's just as much, if not higher, injury risk for tight ends. So you're still playing that game. Yeah, you can do the research. We can talk to my doctor friends. The injury risk when it comes to tight ends is very high, almost to the point of the running backs. And we see this. And we've already seen Kyle Pitts not have a little bit of injury. I'm not an injury-prone guy. I'm not saying uh, that, that we should project out forward i'm just saying he is not uh while i wouldn't say that injury in the past says a guy is injury prone in the future i will say that being um consistently healthy throughout college career is a signal for being consistently healthy going forward it does go that direction you can't project it backwards towards being injury prone and so we see I, that i think the more to, to cut in i just i think the more relevant uh metric would be career lifespan than injuries if a tight end's more likely to get injured than a running back it still matters if they're more likely to have a longer career which i think the the research would support that they do oh absolutely a tight end they do um i, I really don't care about what kyle pitts is doing when he's 28 right now well he's only 20 so you know i mean it's completely irrelevant to our discussion can can you believe that though in eight It'll take eight years before he's even 28. Yeah. Before Actually, his that's value, age-wise, is... even before his value, age even starts to get aged, like held against him, it's going to be almost a full decade from today. 
Yeah, see, that's actually almost something against him is his age is because the younger actual tight ends. Oh, oh, oh no, hear me out. Hear me out. I hope they can it's, see my face. I hope the video content is They can't. They can't. There's no video and, going Oh, my here. God. The tight I ends. I wish you could. I wish breakout. you could all no, see age, my face. Age matters for breakouts. No, you hear me out. You're not, you're not listening. Breakout matters for age. We agree? Obviously. Obviously. I'm talking about age in the NFL. First year age in the NFL. Tight ends who are older in He's their first year. He's supposed to be because of his age. Is that what you're saying? Have I'm you just, seen him play? You wanted is me to raw? bring in more metrics, so I'm bringing in raw? more factors here. So his what do you age want? is not a negative. He's still a young way. guy. It is Why negative. would you want him to be older? Why would you want him to be older? I would not necessarily saying I want him to be older. Is I would have liked so to have seen So his age him. is a good thing. It's not a negative. I would like to have seen more dominant, continued dominant production in college, which would make him more pro ready coming in year one. He scored 12 touchdowns Those are just in the like numbers. eight games. He had 770 yards in like eight games. I'm just talking about the probabilities. It might have been six games. I'm just talking about the probabilities. They're higher for the older guys coming in. You can say that's irrelevant. When I would it comes like to see to that Pitts, supported, but supported with some peer-reviewed evidence. Because okay, I'm not I sure will. I'm I will. I can, we can, I can show it to you early. Actually, the <laughs> highest the highest single stat you can find um, is not career or best yards per team pass attempt. Um, ironically, it's twenty the age twenty three year yards team pass attempt, which I understand doesn't make sense, but it's just a funny anecdote that it's the old guys coming in who had high yards per team per team pass attempt that uh, had the highest uh, first three years NFL points. That's so skewed, though. I know it's you, skewed. I said you, that no, at the beginning. That's why I'm not. Do you using. know why they were old? Do you know why Travis? That's skewed by Travis Kelsey, who was old. He was suspended his entire sophomore year at Cincinnati. That's why he stayed an extra year and came into the NFL old. George Kittle uh, was old. It's because a bunch of other guys. Just, he didn't. George Kittle. He didn't declare. You're talking about the players who performed well. That's the ones who you're correlating it to. That those players were old. They were Absolutely. old. George Kittle because injuries. He would have declared early if he wasn't injured. Darren Waller was suspended. He had uh, character concerns. I understand Georgia. that. Like the, you're using it, saying they're old and that's why they were good. No, they just happened to be old when and they were good. It's not because they were old. What? No, that's not actually what I was saying. I'm saying I would like to see him uh, a more proven, mature player coming into the NFL ready to, to produce. What more does he need to prove? He was the first tight end in the top 10 Heisman 43 oh, years. I knew I was just waiting for you to bring. Okay. 32 okay. You're really going to bring up Heisman. You're really going to bring up Heisman in this past season when we all know, we all know. What a strange college. I'm it not even following for college. Oh, it come on. For, he's the highest drafted tight end ever. Does that not count? Oh, okay. So let's talk account? about draft capital. All right. So on your thread, you cited Drew Osenchuk's DF uh, Bean Counters uh, research on draft capital and how it correlates. Um, the interesting thing about that is that you were, he's absolutely right that when you add up eventual tight end one, top five, and top 12 finishes, that draft capital absolutely matters. However, it's, uh, once again, counting career. Look at the first couple seasons for all of those 
drafted high, those year, those round one tight ends. Disappointments. Evan and I Grimsdale. think when you're comparing players, though, like compared to any of them he compares well, then, to it all then the, the study that you cited he compares to chase claypool he compares to t higgins he compares to all these rookie wide receivers he is the exception to every tight end rule you've he compares learned. to vernon davis he, who took four years a, vernon davis look at the quarterback play vernon davis walked into oh vernon God. davis played in, in, in a completely okay. different he, era kyle pitts is walking in with we talked about it matt ryan Oh, so, Let, let's look oh, up so that matters the passing now. statistics. Oh, yeah, oh so this year matters yeah. now. I thought we were talking about later in his career. They're talking about getting rid of Matt, Matt Ryan. They were questions about whether he was going to get replaced. He's quarterback proof beyond this year. The quarterback only matters oh, for him in year one. Quarterback proof, but, da but Vernon Davis wasn't. Proof. But Vernon Davis wasn't. As a rookie, he was not. As a rookie, he was How not. about second year? How about third year? Look up, look up the quarterbacks he played with. I'll look it up right now. Which is it? Which is it? First of all, Kyle Pitts is a better prospect than Vernon Davis. Second of all, Vernon Davis, if he was placed into the same situation Kyle Pitts is placed into, I guarantee you he would produce year one with Matt Ryan. Or in year two, he would make that leap to, to elite uh, performance as well. All right, well, I mean, if you can guarantee it, then well, I guess we're done here. Uh, you heard it, guys. David can guarantee it. You know, he can go back in time. Alex and, Smith, and his sure. rookie year, threw for 2,800 yards. Uh, again, 2,800 yards did from it matter your starting for him. I'm just This is my cherry-picking issue. He, he we, was we are sabotaged. already setting up pits to be Vernon something Davis. and uh, be a profile that the other evidence – doesn't point to it year actually meaning anything. His quarterbacks combined for 2,600 yards in year you two. Matt Ryan making, is almost double that. You almost are making that. an assumption when you set out his profile and say that this profile is going to succeed in year one because it looks so good on all these things. But I'm saying all those things you're saying look really good. Do not increase beyond beyond you know career normal increases but they do not increase his hit rate specifically for year one career yes like i talked about drew's drew's study when he talked about there was a lot higher hit rates on uh 90 you know three percent hit rate of them having a top 12 season for those taking them the first round and i think kyle pitts Will absolutely hit that and probably better absolutely uh and it drops down but most of the first year producers were guys taken in the second third fourth round they were not they did not have profiles that matched up to kyle pitts and to the things that you are propping up as being signs that prop kyle pitts is going to hit year one the guys that actually hit year one don't even have those things. So you are saying that we know Brock what had about the uh, the most elite breakout age you can have. So he, he did. He may not have had the he dealt with injuries as well. There was a, a very elite data point to look to see that coming. These but he elite wasn't tight ends, the fastest they didn't guy on the field. No, he was a completely different type of tight end. And you're right. He doesn't compare to Kyle Pitts at all. They're completely different 
players. And that's why it doesn't make sense to try and say Kyle Pitts is not going to be Gronk. He sh we don't want him to be Gronk. He's not Gronk. He's a completely different type of player. And to say he's not going to succeed because Gronk succeeded as a different uh, profile, that, that just doesn't add up to me. So what you're saying, what profile does he match up with then? You're, you're talking he about checks Evan every box. He, okay, he's but simply a you're box saying, checker. You're assuming those boxes the box are actually correlate to year one production. I'm saying, show me cases where those boxes actually mean year one production because we have all kinds of year one production from guys who didn't check those boxes and all kinds of guys that did check those boxes that did not produce year one. So I'm trying to say you are Nobody making an assumption that those boxes, boxes mean year one production and you have not proven it yet. I think the disconnect is you keep citing these other tight ends who, like you say, did not produce year one. They are not analytically on paper, on film, in any way comparable to Kyle. You're Pitts. missing you my say point. They checked the box. They checked boxes. They did not. Nobody checked the boxes that Kyle Pitts checks is as high as he does. He has elite data points across the there is not a single red flag in the ones who did fail again you're not saying their names ebron uh oj howard david and joku you're not saying their names they had red flags in their profile they were not yeah. box checkers like kyle pitts in any way shape or form and i cover this in my thread they have eric ebron was barely a 50 percent dominator oj howard never led his team receiving at any point he was like a 28 percent dominator it's awful like these yeah. tight ends that you're saying without saying their name they are not comparable at all. Kyle Pitts, the only one you can compare him to really is Darren Waller as a tight end. That's the only one who looks like him on film, on paper. Uh, and then the wide receivers. It, it's, it's basically all wide receivers you can compare Kyle Pitts to. The rest, it's not even worth making the comparison because they're not similar players in any way, shape, or form. Well, I don't get how you can keep saying that Vernon Davis isn't comparable. I'm sorry. He 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 was. He had better production. I do think he is, and I have said and that he was just if as, he if was not placed, more athletic. He it, Pitts is a better prospect, I believe. Kyle Pitts is three inches taller. He dominated more. He scored. That's all like, he has is the three inches. Triple triple the touchdowns in his time in college in like half of the games. Like again, he he had the word the recognition, higher draft, even higher draft capital than Davis. And Davis, we talked about those numbers, man. Like well, Jeff Capital, once we get you got to give talk, Vernon Davis that. some credit for being sabotaged. And Vernon Davis also had character issues early on, which again sabotaged his career, like or the start of his career, I should say. He had to work through some things, not just with being in essentially the worst offensive system in the entire league. Kyle Pitts is one of the best passing offensive systems in the entire league. So again, it's not really. Uh, a to B comparison for me there. Obviously, yeah, the situations are different. But I, when I tried pointing that out, you, you you tried telling me that he he could transcend that. And so again, it seems to me inconsistencies of what we're applying things in situations where we want to and others where we don't want to. Back to the boxes. What do do you understand what I'm trying to say? Like when you responded to me, it didn't seem like it. What I'm saying is that you keep saying that those these these data points, you keep insisting that are those predictive, data points and they are predictive. Are, no, of they what are though? Correlated. Of what? That's what I'm trying to do, get you to 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 stop and consider what I'm trying to say. They only they predict a career. They predictive. don't predict Kyle Pitts being good in year one. I hear you. Okay. I hear you, and I disagree.
That's what you're supposed to. There's plenty so, of other things to suggest year one performance for Kyle Pitts. You don't have to look and, and say, oh, his yards per set. Like, it, it's everything. Everything about him suggests he's going to walk into the NFL and produce. You can't find a data point that says he won't other than referencing some other tight end in, in, in the past. You can't find a data point about Kyle Pitts that suggests he won't succeed year one. I can. The, my data point is that you don't have a data point that says he does. I think we just disagree here. <laughs> like, I am there again, are back to playing the probabilities. There are correlative predictors of, of what is going to make a good player in the NFL. Whether you want to say... You don't know what you don't know whether a wide receiver is going to hit in year one. You don't know whether a quarterback is going to be great in year one. You are targeting players who you think are going to have great careers. Simple as that. Simple as that. Not necessarily. <laughs> I'll tell you what. This is a good fight. I'm having fun because th there's a reason why we take running backs early. There's a, re there's a reason why we take the first round running backs. Even there's a reason why Javante, uh, you know, Williams is getting taken ahead of Rashad Bateman, you know? Well, that's positional. That's positional scarce. Uh, oh, oh, now it's positional. It's not when it's Running back versus wide receiver. Is there any other reason to to, to, to to propel running backs above wide receivers other than scarcity? That's precisely my point. Oh, you're just saying scarcity? I'm talking about the guaranteed uh, help you win your season this year that running back ones or potential running back ones can give you. If you're just I'm trying saying. to win this year and not give a give a hoot and holler about what's what happens after, but the, those Raph are the Najee arguments. Harris one on one. Those are the arguments. When I say, well, no, I'd rather have Rashad Bateman than Javante Williams because I don't think just because he's you know the prettiest one here doesn't mean he's actually compares in talent to other classes of running back. And so, just because he's the third best one here. I don't think he's that great. So similarly, right, I'm not going to... Uh, every time I bring that up, that's what people try to tell me. And if you disagree, that's fine. Then we don't have to talk about it. But they they want to talk about how running backs are what you need to take because they're going to actually produce right away. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. So why is it different when it comes to Kyle Pitts? And if, but again, if that's not something that you prescribe, you, you, you ascribe to, then, then we'll let that go. For me, the way I look at it is if you get above average replacement, above replacement value from Kyle Pitts in year one, it's a bonus. Yeah. It's, I think, I think it's likely to happen. I think it's very likely he'll be in my probably top five redraft rankings. Like I yeah. said, he's in the perfect system. I think he's going to see 100 targets, but it's not why I'm drafting him in any dynasty league at all what, whatsoever. I'm not looking to have him win me my league in year one. And if, if that's your goal in drafting Kyle Pitts, I think you're setting yourself up for disappointment. Okay. Well, hey, we're good there because, yeah, I, again, back to the Waller thing, and I think people are trading him for even, you know, Kelsey and so on. But for me, um, I just go with Waller because they're comparable players, I think. They're comparable, I think, in the, the volume and then the receiving kind of style and work they're going to be getting, um, not just being being a little bit closer to wide receivers than tight ends, which uh, is something you were arguing for. So I think that's fair. And again, I, I come back to, to Waller. We know what Waller is. We know his situation, how it's worked out. We, we know his talent. And 
I would rather have that for the next two years than whatever it is I hope Kyle Pitts will be two years, even if I know your argument, you're saying, well, in two years, you can you can sell Kyle Pitts for more than you can sell Darren Waller. And I'm like, well, that's fine. And in the meantime, I've, I've been winning games. I think in year two, Kyle Pitts and Darren Waller will probably produce the exact same amount of points per game in fantasy. So I think uh, like, unless unless you're just trying to just get it all year one, it ain't worth it going Waller over Pitts. Uh, again, I am taking something that's much more certain, and you are taking something that is hopeful. And I understand that you have to at this point of Kyle Pitts's uh, price uh, valuation. You when you're drafting him you're viewing him as a certainty because that's the bet you're making. And if he's not, you lose that bet because, but if he is, if he is a certainty and he is the next Darren Waller and he does equal him in points per game next year, it it's not even going to be close. Like not just value wise for trading him, just for having an asset to produce for you going forward to stay on your team going forward. And if you, are correct in the bet that he is a certainty Kyle Pitts you, you the even the price you pay now is going to be looked at like a value in the long run and I'm not willing to take that bet fair enough I understand there's upside there I've just seen way too many tight ends ones that yes had red flags or didn't have red flags or um, seemed to be, you know, th these guys are going to hit. They're going to be great, and they've been they've been good even. But I, there's too much at that position. Um, look, if 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 Atlanta goes all in on making him an, a wide receiver, then this could very well go go bad for me. Um, if <laughs> if they trade Julio away, as is there's rumors. Then yeah, this could very well this could very well go. It could south be your first loss on your record could, on your fight it card. Could, absolutely. <laughs> but if he stays a tight end, then there's way too much that can go wrong there between um the other receivers on his team being I mean, they're good wide receivers on that team. And it's kind of my general philosophy that uh a when the talent of a wide receiver and a tight end are equal the wide receiver takes priority um, that the tight end actually has to supersede and, and be more than the wide receiver to take targets away from the wide receiver. And uh, on most teams, yeah, Pitts probably would be that, but I mean, you're talking about the Falcons being a positive for him in that respect, having Ridley and Julio in front of him could almost be viewed as a, a, a negative in the, volume but i do think he's going to get a lot of uh, high quality opportunities um but again he still has to be a tight end he still has to learn how to play tight end in the nfl he still has to we'll see how much they make him block you know there's a lot more things that go into being a tight end in the nfl that is what i have seen hold tight ends back year one um and more so than we see in wide receivers because they have more to deal with than just out there running routes. But if that's all he's doing, if he really is wide receiver, 
then maybe he has about even shot as as the wide receivers. Um, my issue there would be that, in, in in a sense, he's behind the ball from the other wide receivers who have been just wide receivers this whole time. So either way, he's behind. I, I think that's somewhat fair. I mean, I, I just think you look at his usage in college. Again, tight end is the designation only. We talked about the statistic was 35% of his targets in the slot are out wide. He is has, has been being used as a as a receiver. And the only reason, frankly, I think they call him a tight end is because he's six foot six and two hundred and forty pounds, and and that's just the designation you give somebody that big because the, it, he's been used. He looks like he he athletically even even athletically, if he was a wide receiver, we would be excited about his pro day measurements as a wide receiver. You know, he looks the part in, in, on on paper on film. You know, so that's the bet you're making is is not that he transforms into a wide receiver. It's that he just maintains what he's been and that he just builds upon it and gets better as a receiver and can turn into a guy who can catch 70 balls for a thousand yards. That's the bet you're making, I think. All right, David. So you were expecting him to, uh, what do you say, above replacement? would keep his his value and make him worth the opportunity cost for you of uh what do you say 11 or was it by year two i want it by year two i do not if i have to wait till the third year to actually reap statistical production uh advantage from kyle pitts uh i will feel like i have over invested what was that line about 11 points per game you said 11 points per game yep okay I think that's a, a, a fair uh, thing to look at here going forward because we got to know who's going to win and lose here. We'll revisit this. But we've got to have something to look at objectively to say whether it was worth the uh, opportunity cost. And I think that's yes. a good a good place to start. So I'll I agree. Take I agree. I think that was a great battle. I don't know if any of us, I don't think uh, either one knocked the other out. I think we would have to go to the judges on that one. Oh, I'm I'm sure most people will say that you you won. Um, you had some really good. I don't know. There. There are, some good rants a lot of, in there. A lot of numbers thrown at me. You know, there's a lot of anti pits uh, sentiment out there, and, and not just anti pits, anti trust in tight ends. And I, I can't exactly blame people because, like you said, they the hype machine. I think for some of these tight ends was before the time where we had analytical clarity on them, like Njoku, Ebron, and OJ Howard. And if we had actually been able to break down the dominator, the breakout age, you know, the yards per reception, you know, all these stats, which we're using now to be able to look at Kyle Pitts, I, I, I just, I don't think they would have been anywhere nearly as hyped as they were. And people would be a little bit more uh, open and receptive to the idea of um, one, investing in cow pits and to the idea that tight ends are even predictable at all because a lot of people simply do not believe they're predictable and i, I think that's a, a major hurdle and in this uh kyle pitts experiment as you want to go it's going to be the litmus test because if he does succeed going forward we're we're going to look at the tight end position as predictable and if he fails it is going to absolutely solidify the argument that you can't predict a, a damn thing about him so it will be interesting, and it's going to determine a lot about uh, fantasy strategy for years to come. 
and I've been in the the predictable boat for a while. I just it's when it comes to that first year, it's it's really uh, a, t a tough argument, I think. Um, all right, David, thanks for joining me. We will uh, have to revisit this. I'll have to have you on. We'll find something else to disagree about here from now, and we'll argue about that. Uh, maybe it'll be a rematch. It'll be a rematch for one of us. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, David, t tell them once again where they can find you and, and any of your other work you have. I don't think I mentioned that before. Uh, yeah, you just uh, pretty much just all on Twitter right now at Guru Fantasy World W R L D no O. I'm working on getting uh, the website for you. I have a blog pinned uh, to my site. That's it's all old material. I haven't updated it in about a year, so don't bother checking there if you want to find my new work. You just gotta scroll through my Twitter. But hopefully uh, by the start of the season, I should have that website up for you guys. And my main goal is to uh, finish compiling a dictionary and encyclopedia so that way if you guys ever want to look up acronyms definitions it will be free to access for you there that sounds that sounds very interesting we'll have to talk about that all right david we'll catch you um well hopefully before a year from now but at least a year from now definitely we'll i'll, I'll be on for sure we'll figure out something else to do before then all right thank you again man i appreciate it i had a great time have a good night